All right, joining me for this one is Matt George. He does the Locked On podcast for the Kings out in Sacramento. He also works for their ABC affiliate. Matt, really appreciate you joining me for this. Uh, first of all, I want to we're going to talk about Colby Jones, obviously, but first of all, I want to dive into this Kings team a little bit, just because probably a lot of people from Cincinnati aren't familiar with them if they're not keeping up with the NBA, or you know, if they are, they're maybe a little bit more regionally uh, doing so. This team, I think a lot of people think Kings. They think a struggling franchise that had been on a huge playoff drought. But if you weren't paying attention this past year, they were really one of the more exciting young teams in the sport. They had a great season, finished third in the Western Conference, and made the playoffs. What, in your opinion, really prompted this turnaround? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there, and I would expect most uh, in anywhere outside of Sacramento to just know the Sacramento Kings is one of the worst franchises in professional sports. It's because that's what they've been. I mean, they they finally snapped a 16, nearly 17 season playoff drought, the longest in NBA history. Um, but you're you're right; like they quickly turned things around, and, and you can point to a lot of things. Like they they built a really really solid roster, made some solid additions with the draft of Ke- uh, drafting Keegan Murray, trading for Kevin Herter. And Malik Monk, um, a full first full season of De'Aaron Fox and Devonta Sabonis together. The addition of Mike Brown as a head coach, which I think is the biggest uh, change that the Kings made. But they played a brand of basketball that was not only effective; they had one of the best offenses in NBA history. It was extremely fun to watch. Like they play with a fast pace, they play exciting basketball. Sometimes it's frustrating because they try and do a little too much, and you see that that lack of experience really kind of show up to, to bite them a little bit. And we saw that in the playoff series against the Golden State Warriors. But they're a fun team where the majority of their core are on the exact same timeline in terms of age. We're talking like that 23 to 27 year old age range. That's where the majority of this core is. Um, and, And they're a team that just finally got to being good again. Now, all they're talking about is bridging that gap from good to great, which is what Mike Brown says is harder to do than going from bad to good. So they clearly view Colby Jones, who they uh, they took uh, as someone who not only fits the core, and I like the fact that he's an older prospect that could potentially come in and, and make it a media impact, but he's someone that they clearly feel can help them bridge that gap from good to great. So pressure's on, but it's also, we welcome the pressure here in Sacramento after 16 years of, hey, maybe they'll win 35 games. I assume given all that, being that you know you, they feel like they've got their coach, they've got young talent, they had an exciting season, everything seemed to be rolling last year. I assume everyone believes that they're building on top of this, right? This, this wasn't a fluke thing. This isn't a situation where they're not going to be able to keep this group together because most of them are young. I mean, this is a group that looks like it has a window ahead of it, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, The window is an appropriate term for you to use because championship window is what Kings general manager Monty McNair has talked about wanting this team to open. This team is not like, hey, we're just happy to be here. It's like, oh, that was good. Now let's build upon it. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving in the right direction. And that's how Mike Brown coached this team the entire season. I remember there was a game specifically. It was a national TV game where the Kings beat the New York Knicks. But in this in this win, they found a way to win after getting absolutely obliterated on the offensive boards. And Mike Brown came to the podium pissed off, like after a win, and he's pissed off and he's ranting about we can't do that in the playoffs. We can't do that if we want to. He's trying to build championship tendencies right away with this group. Something that no one's really ever done uh, since like Rick Adelman was here the last time the Kings made the playoffs in 2006. So you can see the Kings are trying to build towards 
what's next, like continuing to grow. So you're hundred percent right. Like the, the championship window is what they're trying to open. Now, maybe it's a little overzealous to go from no playoffs to first round exit to championship contender. So I don't know if the Kings are necessarily getting ahead of themselves there, especially with the rest of the West and, and what other teams are, are doing in the West, but they're definitely still trying to improve. And the one thing that they cannot stand and Kings fans won't stand is, is anything that suggests that last year's run was a fluke or anything of that sort. Well, you cover this team regularly. I saw it looked like you were at the training facility, maybe on draft night, doing your podcast from there. So you're, you're in the mix there. You know, what's going on. I heard Monty McNair talk on draft night about what they like from Colby Jones. He mentioned productive, smart, two-way player, what else have you heard? What do you think they really saw in Kobe Jones to to be willing to trade up a little bit and, and move up and get him? Well, Kobe Colby Jones, from my limited understanding of who he is, I think he he just seems to be a Monty McNair and Mike Brown guy, which is a guy that's going to come in and do what is asked of him, but someone who, from a rebounding standpoint, addresses a significant need because the Kings aren't, hey, you're a big man, you rebound guards, you break, get out in transition. No, it's all hands on deck. It's help the bigs rebound, everybody box out, everybody try and crash the glass. Running in transition is no good if we're not securing the basketball. And offensive rebounding killed the Kings. Uh, in, in the playoffs. That's really, in my opinion, the primary reason other than Steph Curry, why they lost that series to the Golden State Warriors. So his rebounding jumps off the page right away. Uh, and um, like we discussed on Lockdown Kings, like his willingness to do a lot of things, his willingness to fill whatever that role is, a, a two-way player, um, a player that can can give you positives on both ends of the floor is, is what this Kings team is missing. They already have these high caliber offensive players. They have one in Davion Mitchell, really high caliber defensive player. And they're looking for more defense overall because defense is still a big issue. But if they can have players that are in their rotation that are giving them consistent presence on both ends of the floor, they know their offense is good enough to where if they're getting that, then they're a top team in the NBA just based off of their scoring alone. So uh, I think Colby Jones' well-roundedness was very attractive to the Sacramento Kings uh, and therefore is now very attractive to Kings fans. When I when I look at the roster, I mean, obviously the, the guards' spots are pretty well-spoken for with Herder, Fox, Monk. I mean, the guys that you know are going to be the core uh, of this backcourt. But then it seems like maybe after that, there is some room or some some opportunity for a guy like Colby Jones to step in and become that next guy in the rotation that eats maybe 10 to 15 minutes a game off the bench. I think Terrence Davis kind of held a similar Mm -hmm. role this year. I don't know what his status will be after free agency because he's an unrestricted free agent, I believe. Um, Kessler Edwards has kind of been a little bit of an energy defensive guy. I don't know what his future holds as well. So how do you see all that playing out? And do you view the roster as sort of similar to what I just laid out there, that Colby has an opportunity to be that extra guy off the bench, so to speak. Now, Rick, you nailed it with Terrence Davis. That was my first thought with the Colby Jones selection was, I think Terrence Davis is gone. Like, And I, I think that's what it is. And I think like, I think Colby Jones filling Terrence's da- Terrence Davis's role is the a likelihood at this point. Either that or he might be battling with Kessler Edwards for that spot. And Terrence Davis was someone who uh, we call him national TV Terrence because... <laughs> The Kings hosted the Brooklyn Nets um, on national TV as their first TNT game in Sacramento, and I can't tell you how long. And he put up like a th- like 35 points or something like that. He just exploded. And then 
played for a couple of games after that, and then would spend a couple of weeks where he was out of the rotation. Um, so he didn't, and his inconsistency with his play, especially on the defensive end of the floor was what cost him that consistent spot. Now I bring that up to say like, if Colby Jones stays ready and works hard, he's going to get opportunity because Mike doesn't care who you are. He will, I mean, he coaches De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis harder than he coaches anybody else on the team. And on top of that, like, if if Kevin Herter's not ready to play defense or is having a bad night or Malik Monk's like not ready to put in the effort on the weak side defensively, Mike will pull him, sit him down and say, Colby, like, show me something. Give me something. I need it. And sometimes that looked like Mike was grasping at straws, but in reality, he was saying, I need this and somebody's going to give it to me. I'm going to give you opportunity until somebody gives it to me. So that's where I see like Colby Jones might get opportunity very quickly simply because one of his guys is just not having a good night or just not doing what they need to do on the defensive end. And that's where Colby, I think, can really oper- or have the opportunity to carve out a, a role for himself. So I've heard some people say, does he get spend time in the G League? Does he get a two-way contract? I don't think so. I think Colby Jones is going to be a main roster guy. I don't know if that means he's going to be consistently a part of the rotation at any point his rookie season. But if he's on this roster, he's got to be ready to play at any time because at some point Michael call his number. Uh, you just laid the roster situation out perfectly. That that's what I was really looking for. I think Xavier fans, you know, that you see your guy get drafted, you want to continue to follow him, but also just from a selfish standpoint as a fan, you want to see guys from your school go and have success so you can pitch that to recruit. So from a roster standpoint, it feels like there is an opportunity available. Does the sense or does the fact that they traded up a little bit to move up and get him, does that say anything to you of like, hey, this is a guy that they targeted, not just a guy like we got to pick, we have the pick, we got to take somebody. Yeah, no, I I think it I think it speaks volumes. It says we weren't worried necessarily at 24 that he'd be gone. And the move that they made at 24 is very much a contender type move, opening up cap space, dumping Rashawn Holmes's money, using the pick to do that to open up for maybe a big swing move this offseason, which is what a lot of us are talking about as of right now. But the fact that the Kings moved from 38 to 34, moved up four spots. They felt clearly that Colby was not going to be there at 38, and he was the guy that they wanted. I think that speaks volumes always. The team wanted him enough to where they were saying, hey, here's a future second-round pick that could be a good player. We have no idea what this is, and picks have more value before there's a name attached to them. We're going to send this pick away because we want this guy, because we think this guy can do what we need. And like we, uh, I mean, I, from what I've seen, like Colby Jones has been a projected first round, late first round talent that fell to the early second round. There were a lot of fallers and some interesting um, selections made late in the first round um, that, that certainly surprised me. But I think the Kings wanted their guy. They went out and they did what was necessary to get their guy. Uh, and Monty McNair seemed very pleased. We were actually a little bit nervous because like per league rules, when there's trades on draft night, sometimes you can't really talk about it. So like he couldn't talk about the Rashawn Holmes 24th overall pick trade at all. And we're like, oh man, is he not going to be able to talk about Colby Jones? Thankfully he was. And he went into detail about why he liked Colby. But just from what I understand of Monty and this Kings culture and what they're trying to build, I think Colby Jones is like a a perfect fit type of player. Yeah, it seems like a really good situation. And I guess it all gets started next week with Summer League, right? The Kings actually host the the Summer Classic there on Monday and Wednesday, and then Real Summer League gets started on Friday, correct? Yep, California Classic. Everybody's talking about, hey, maybe we'll see the debut of Victor Winbanyama. Who cares? I want to see the debut of Colby Jones and and, and Jalen Slauson and what the Sacramento Kings bring to the table. And he's going to get a lot of opportunity, not just in the California Classic, but in Summer League too. And um, 
the, the fact that, again, referencing a conversation we had on the Locked On Kings podcast, like you said, he's a natural leader. I think he has more than an excellent opportunity to show that in summer league. Keegan Murray's likely not going to play. Why would he? There's no reason to. So Colby Jones can come in and take the reins immediately and say, hey, this is my team. Kind of like what Keegan did with the summer league last year. So I think Colby's going to have more than his fair share of opportunity to make a name for himself. And uh, he's going to be someone, especially in training camp, that I'm really paying attention to because I think the Kings have found someone that they can plug in right away to a somewhat established rotational role and watch him grow. While like the Kings, in my opinion, were never going to take a swing on a long-term developmental project because they're trying to win right now. Clearly, they view Colby Jones as someone that can help them win right now. That might be the biggest gold star that they could give anybody on draft night. Matt, this was awesome stuff. I really appreciate it. For all the Xavier fans who want to keep up with Colby throughout this season with the Kings, where do they find all of your work? Yeah, the Locked on Kings podcast. Uh, we're insane over here. We do daily episodes, even during the off season. So we try and cover the Kings as much as possible. Uh, and then uh, ABC 10 News, I cover the Sacramento Kings as well as other Northern California local and and, and sometimes national sports stories uh, there as well. So I uh, appreciate it. Come on over to Locked on Kings. Uh, we, we, we're very welcoming to Xavier fans. Would love to see some Xavier fans inside the Golden One Center too to come see Colby and the rest of the Kings play live. The Golden One Center is an amazing atmosphere. A lot of people call it like a college type atmosphere because it's a kind of smaller town one major team town uh so if you have an opportunity to come out to the golden one center come on out and i promise you you'll be welcome like family here awesome matt we'll have to talk again as the season gets going do a little check-in on colby and and get an update from you so i really appreciate this thank you it's my pleasure whenever you need me i'm there